Kevin, I don't know if I'd say that these games were necessarily played at a playoff feverish pitch, but a couple of one-run wins against the defending World Series champions uh, on the heels of you know, the, the drama surrounding Alec Manoa. Uh, it's kind of hard to not look at these last two games and you know something we talked about in Blair and Barker just kind of wonder what this team will be like when Vladdy gets it going should we stop wondering I mean as long as they're going to keep winning I guess we probably can all, all, all you need to know a couple of runners on they threw Bo Bichette a 3-0 breaking ball I mean that's that's all you need to know that the, the the fear factor of uh-oh Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is on the on-deck circle right now is not there like the, yeah absolutely so the I, I it's for me, consistently until I know he hit a ball hard to right field and everybody oozes over that. Me, I don't. Like, it's it, every hit bad that he has is performance driven. It's not about how many balls he hits hard. Obviously, that says something about maybe the things he's doing off the field could start to translate on the field. But for me, until he consistently has the at bats where I take the pitcher's pitch one, I get mine, I just don't know if we can continue to say wow wait until vladdy gets hot 416 416-870-0590 star 590 1-888-666-0590 the toronto blue jays have taken three of four games from the houston astros starting pitching the story of those three games kevin gossman chris bassett and tonight kevin barker jose barrios 89 pitches over six innings handing it over to the bullpen. Uh, Eric Swanson and Jordan Romano making quick work of a really good lineup. Jordan Romano in particular, seven pitches, four fastballs, including a 98-mile-an-hour fastball to put the finishing touches on this night. But let's start with with Jose Barrios and, and what you saw of him tonight. You know, to me, the second inning, I think, kind of shows... The second inning shows to me the difference between Jose Barrios of this year and Jose Barrios of last year. Gives up that home run and a slurve, all right? Gets a double play. Now he's got the eighth, the eighth and ninth. Yes, eighth and ninth place hitters coming up. The fact is he got the bases low. He gets a double play and gets Martin Maldonado to ground out to end the inning. Last year, my sense is that would have spun all apart on him. Yeah, well, you know, it's the it's the bend but don't break mentality, right? That that's sort of where he's at because of the the simplified mechanics that he's had. He doesn't do the wind up anymore. We've talked about this. It's repeatable. Uh, the change up's a nice little weapon. Tonight he was throwing the sinker harder. That's a big deal, right? That makes that can set up his other pitches, allows him to get away with, you know, maybe he'll throw a bad change up or a a bad elevated fastball. Uh, the slurve was slower. I, I think that's too is on purpose, right? We saw some seventy nines. We saw some eighty threes. We saw some pitches in. Between that with the slurve, you can call it a breaking ball occasionally because mm-hmm. it does have a little bit more twelve-six break to it. Like, right, he's doing some things with that pitch to sort of set up the quadrants of the sinker, and for me, that's because of the mechanical changes. Right, I've said this to you about hitting. Right, things just don't happen because, like, you you just don't show up one day and all of a sudden you're doing all the things that you're seeing Jose Barrios do. No, sometimes you got to walk home, you got to look yourself in the mirror, and go, "Hey, dude, this." ain't working let's fix this 
Let's be able to repeat our delivery, get it out front, make a quality pitch when you have to. The elevated two-seamer, the elevated four-seamer to a lefty, the backdoor slurve, the backdoor curveball. He can backfoot a, a slurve to a left-handed hitter. He can go down and away with a slurve to a right-handed hitter. He can go all quadrants with three different pitches. He can do that because of the mechanical changes. And, oh, by the way, maybe the most important part out of all that, he's very confident. Confidence, he's oozing that. He can't wait to get the ball and throw it. Good for him. Yeah, and I thought tonight, uh, you know, we, we were texting each other on this. I did have one concern tonight, not as it relates to Jose Barrios, but the play at the plate with Alejandro Kirk, where Alejandro Kirk gets thrown out. I think it was 9 6 2 gets thrown out in the single by Brandon Belt. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, the Jays won 3-2. The winning run came across on that. It would have been nice to have that insurance run. And my initial reaction when I see it is, why the hell are you sending Alejandro Kirk? Two then you go back and look at it, and my actual reaction is, whatever whatever happened to the secondary lead? Well, I, what, I was going to try and come on this show, Jeff, and not be negative. That, well, that, we've this, got plenty this, to be positive, but I mean that that cost, well, you know, I mean that potentially cost this, them a run. This between both teams, running. absolutely on both teams. Jeremy Pena not running a ball out on a comebacker in the eighth yeah. inning to the pitcher. And Jose Abreu, yeah, that's atrocious. Even if they pick off the first base, where are you going? You're one of the slower runners in baseball. What are you trying to do out there? Like it's just it, it's thinking it through before it actually happens. Yeah, the Kirky thing is. You have to know the situation. You just saw one of the hotter hitters in baseball take a 2-1 sinker down a little bit. You're thinking to yourself, okay, I'm one of the slowest runners on planet Earth. There's two outs. There's a pretty good chance here, 3-1, that he's swinging. Like, he's getting it. He's wanting because the guy standing on the mound is left-handed. The hitter's left-handed. You're thinking he's swinging. You have to get a better jump. The timing of your momentum towards third base has to be better. And, oh, by the way, the right fielder ran 10 feet to his right and threw the ball to the cutoff guy, which was the shortstop. Wasn't even the second baseman. Yeah, there's no excuse for that. And the cutoff guy, by the way, the cutoff guy – Almost double clutched and had to be directed to throw a home. Yeah, it's a, it's a joke. Like the the base running sometimes at the big league level, it's a trope. It, it just it will make you scratch your head. And again, Alejandro Kirk, we all know offensively that's why he's playing right. And and Danny Jansen obviously is is injured. But you have to be better, knowing the situation, knowing what you can't do, knowing that what the count is, who's up where you're at in the game, that your run matters a lot. You have to get momentum going towards home plate, and to not do it is just – it's unexcusable. 3-2, the Blue Jays beat the Houston Astros. Jose Brios was really good. Jordan Romano was terrific. Seven-pitch save, four fastballs, finishes the night with a 98-mile-an-hour fastball to strike out Abreu. Um, Bregman, Tucker, and Abreu, that's not an easy threesome to go through when you when you're holding a one-run lead. And uh, as we mentioned, uh, 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 Jose Barrios, again, was brilliant. Some injury news for the Blue Jays. Kevin Kiermeyer left the game with a left wrist contusion after being hit by a 96-mile-an-hour pitch from Framber Valdez. X-rays for fracture were negative. Uh, we will hear if John Schneider gives us any update, and that will monitor his media, media availability. And for the Houston Astros, Jordan Alvarez left with a oblique injury after one at bat and uh again that's uh we'll see if we can get an update on that but right now let's go to the phone lines 
888-666-0590. John in Cambridge, get us going, my friend. Yeah, um, I was thinking we should bring back the um, the hormone jacket, but only if the game is tied or if they're ahead. I don't want to put on the jacket when they're losing, which I think is pointless. You're a front runner, aren't you? Exactly. But I also <laughs> want to take away Vladdy and his Gatorade dunk. I cringe every time he does that dunk. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> Thanks for the call, John. I'm. Don't go there. Don't I'm kind of. I'm with you on the Gatorade. I mean, at least it's. I mean, at least he does seem to hit. It's something he hits, right? He hits a dude in the head when he when he drops it. So I mean, it's a. Don't go there. They've be been hit. they've been winning. They they've took his winning. jacket they've away been from winning. him. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, whatever. There you go. Move on. Next caller. <laughs> Next caller. Whatever. I mean, I, yeah, the Gatorade thing is. Uh, yeah, how many at bats? No. How many plate appearances at home without a home run? The only time I see him is when he's dumping Gatorade on dudes. Yeah, what? How many? How so many, you're saying, be nice to many, see somebody dump Gatorade on him? Maybe. Carter in Ottawa. Now I just want to say something. Last night, someone called up from Ottawa and said, "How come we don't have anybody from Ottawa?" On? Today on Blair and Barker, we took a call from someone in Ottawa. We got Carter in Ottawa, so Ottawa is being well represented here. Go ahead, Carter. Uh, so I'm just wondering why John would have chose um, Yemi Garcia to pitch the seventh inning when Nate Pearson hasn't pitched all week for the Jays. Inter- thanks for the call. It's an interesting point. I mean, the Jays have been really careful with Jimmy Garcia, which almost makes me think that he might be. He might be nursing something. What, what was his yeah, Buck Mart- tonight? Buck, Buck Martinez said he had stiff neck. He stiff neck? Tonight. Okay, so Jimmy Garcia's had a stiff neck. That would explain why he has been used so uh, used used so lightly. I mean, my guess is probably that Jimmy Garcia felt good today, and they said, all right, let's use him because, you know, you may not be able to use him the rest of the weekend. I, I and, and, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at who did he come up against here. You know, trying to find – I mean – Bottom of the order, it's pretty much the best opportunity you're going to have if you want to use Jimmy Garcia tonight, right? You don't want him to see Pena. Um, so I, I, I'd never have a problem with it. I, I think that's probably what it came down to. I'm sure if he was stiff, Nate Pearson probably would have got the call in that inning. Yeah, yeah. Also, you're probably not going to see Swanson tomorrow. You're probably not going to see Romano tomorrow. Yes, with, correct. With, correct. With you say Kikuchi throwing – Probably going to need some high leverage, Good point. you know, from Nate Pearson. Yep. So I'm assuming that's probably why. And again, I'm sure it's bat path and you know the plethora of all the pitches that you know Mr. Jimmy we Garcia also, throws. Wait, the other, th- the other thing we still don't know what the plans are for Saturday's starter. It's conceivable that Nate Pearson could open, or Trevor Richards could open, or Bowden Francis could start. We just don't know yet. And I, you know, I, I don't know if that was part of the thought process tonight, but it's something to keep in mind over the next couple of days. But I'm kind of with Kevin here. I think Swanson and Romano, use them tonight, get the win against the Astros. It's a good win for this team. Taking three or four from the Astros is really, really good. I mean, that no really does put a spring in your step. And they're going to need Jimmy Garcia to step it up. And they're going to need Jimmy Garcia to step it up, exactly. Yep. Eric in Saskatoon, you've got an interesting thought about Alec Manoa. Yeah, just kind of wondering if, um, if maybe you think that uh, that Manoa going down has just made a lot of the guys like. I mean, I we haven't got a ton of offense the last few days, but at least the pitching, like the starting pitchers, like they really 
really picked him up and like said like okay he's down okay we got to step it up it's kind of what it seemed like you get 21 innings out of 27 in the next three days after that happens Mm -hmm. that's man that's starting pitching is definitely not our problem even with Manoa struggling the way he was so just need the bats to get going and who knows what we could do yeah it almost you know it's it it almost sounds like you think maybe Manoa going down might have been a a wake-up call or or something like that I mean the only only thing I yeah, thanks for the call, Eric. I mean, the only thing I'd say is starting rotation has been awfully good. Barrios, Gossman, uh, uh, Bassett, I don't think they've needed a wake-up call necessarily. But yeah. I am going to say this. I am going to say this. The body language, the demeanor of the team when Alec Manoa was last out there, it was not good. And Yeah, it's because reason- he's – that's because he stunk. Like, let's yeah. be honest. Like that, that yeah. that's the reason why. I mean, Gosman oozes confidence and throwing, you know, punching everybody out and Bassett's doing it with uh bazillion pitches and Brios is doing it with location and, and adding and subtracting with the two secondary pitches. Like they have a ton of confidence because they've been really good in past experiences that I've been around Jeff players that are around other players who get sent down with all due respect, don't really care. Like I, I, I sort of get, you know, the rotation thinks, uh-oh, one of our main guys is down. I'll give you that part of it. But the other part of it that, the you know, the we need to step it up here, it's it's their job, right? It's yeah. sort of, you know, I, I feel sorry for him. Hopefully he gets back as soon as he can. But as soon as he gets on the plane, it's sort of about you now, you trying to figure out who you are, throwing strikes, dominating people. I mean, I, I don't want to say that with any – with any bad will or, or, you know, trying to be negative or anything like that. But no, I don't think when I got sit down again, I've, I've said this to you before, uh, Jeff Jenkins, my buddy, I still hadn't talked to him. That's like 20 years ago. Yeah, no, I, so, I listen, I, I don't think it's ever a bad thing. I don't think it's ever a bad thing to remove a distraction from a, from a clubhouse. I, I, yeah, I, I really maybe. don't, I really don't, so but I, I don't performing. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that, uh, I mean, look, uh, Gossman, Bassett and Brios were going to start the next three games, even if Manoa was still here. So I don't think they necessarily would have had that would have had any impact on it. But um, yeah, it, it's generally a good thing when there's what was it? Bo Bichette said in spring training when he was asked about signing that contract, right? He said generally in life, when you can remove a distraction from things, it's good. Yeah, and I think he's absolutely right about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think in this case, if anything, maybe it just reinforces. See, I almost think it's more, I don't want to say it's more important for the fan base. That's not not right. But I think it does. If the Jays hadn't sent him down, then I think you'd really have to ask yeah. yourself, okay, what is this year all about? You know, you talk about it. This is it's performance time now. Yep. You can't carry passengers here. You yep. can't. You, can't have a make-work project here. You know what also it did, too, the, the, by the front office saying, okay, we're going to send him down now because we have Gosman, Bassett, and Barrios pitching the next three days. We should be okay. Yeah. 416-870-0590, star 591, triple eight triple six zero five ninety. Jennifer in Toronto. Hey, Jennifer. Hi. Hello. Hello. Yeah, hey, Jennifer. What's up? Hi. Um... I listen to the show every day, and um, I know Vladdy, you know, he's been mediocre. But, come on, Springer, in this series, or I mean, you can just look at it. 
he's been how many opportunities has he had just to get a sack fly and he's hitting on first pitches the shortstop third base grounders i mean it, it's uh he makes 30 million so i uh, i like a bit more focus on what springer's doing oh i think we've been pretty i think my friend mr barker here's been been pretty critical about George Springer almost as much as as Vladdy Jr. I mean, I, I just think that's kind of the way it is. I'm looking. What is he? He's hitting 280 in his last 32 games, six home runs. You know, I mean, he's not been the worst hitter in the team. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's been a slow. There's not much doubt, Jennifer. It's it's been a slow climb for him. Kevin. Yeah, one for t- one for ten in the series with three strikeouts. Like maybe maybe there might be a little of that. I'll show you because that's his old team. He's trying to impress. I, I you know, maybe maybe you give him a little bit of a pass. But yeah, I think everybody could, other than Bo, can start zoning up a little bit more and and trying to hunt their pitch. And I think that's the hope. Even with Ross Atkins when he talked today, I don't know what he called it. What do, what do you call the lineup if it get, all gets going at the same he time? It Jeff, could be a locomotive. There you go. So I think everybody's feeling that way, right? One through nine, other than Bo. Bo's been doing it consistently all year. But yeah, I think it's. We've heard John on our show numerous times say, you know, you take the the their pitch and you swing at your pitch because you're uber talented. You should hit balls really, really hard consistently, and consistently we just haven't seen that from guys that they expect it from. And hopefully, you know, they get this going here and can kind of help them make a little bit deeper of a run here. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. The Blue Jays have beaten the Houston Astros 3-2. They have won three of four games in this series, they get set to welcome the Minnesota Twins tomorrow night in a three-game Ooh. series. First pitch at 7.07 on Sports and F590, the fan, and Sports Net. Let's take a break, take a look around the Major League scoreboard, take a look at the MLB standings as well. It's Blue Jays Talk on Sports and F590, the fan, and the Sports Net Radio Network. Stuff has always been good. It's just, it just comes down to executing, especially fastball. That was kind of hit or miss with his breaking ball today, too. I thought his changeup was a really good pitch for him, um, being able to kind of navigate in-game, too, I think. Um, he's been awesome. It's fun. I mean, even last year, he was still the same in the clubhouse, you know, um, just the kind of teammate that he is. But I think when you're going good and you have a string of, you know, quality starts, you know, in a row and, and basically the whole year, you, you kind of you feel a little bit more free. You feel a little bit more comfortable with what you're doing. Um, but he didn't really waver last year, and um, he's in a good spot right now. Boy, is he ever in a good spot right now. Indeed, the Toronto Blue Jays rotation is in a good spot, all things considered. Considering the fact that their opening day starter is uh, going into the pitching lab at the uh, Florida Complex League. Time now for the Major League Standings Watch, presented by Bet365. With Bet365, you can bet in things like player props, totals, or game outcomes across many different sports. 19-plus play responsibly. Ontario only. Lots of action in the American League East tonight. The New York Yankees splitting a doubleheader with the Chicago White Sox. Yankees winning 3 nothing. Shy Sox winning 6-5. The Tampa Bay Rays continue to roll. They beat the Minnesota Twins 4-2. Big series for the Rays this weekend. Fascinating series against the Texas Rangers at uh, Tropicana Field. The Baltimore Orioles beat the Milwaukee Brewers 6-3. 
The Cleveland Guardians beat the Boston Red Sox 10-3. So as we look at the ALE standings, Tampa Bay is still setting the pace at 46-19. Baltimore 38-24, six and a half back. The Yankees 37-27. The Blue Jays 36-28, nine and a half out of the lead, half a game back in the wild card. The Boston Red Sox are 31-32 and and, uh, are 14 back, five back. They have lost two in a row. They have lost seven of their last ten. They have the New York Yankees. And maybe, just maybe, Kevin, we're starting to see a little bit of separation between the the fifth-place team and the rest of the uh, on the rest of the American League East, four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety on triple eight triple six zero five ninety. Pedro, you're on the go train heading home after the game. Go ahead. You, you got it, fellas. It might be a little bit loud here, but first I got to say, you two are absolute pros, and you do Toronto, not just the Toronto Blue Jays. This is Canada's team, a huge service. There's Thank nothing you. like watching a live game and seeing Claude Romano close it out like that. That just <laughs> puts fire into the hearts of us. And listen, the East is a bloodbath, and we need to show baseball that we're coming. We ain't laying down. They smell blood in the water with Manoa going down, but we're coming. And I'm not going to get Billy Markham on you guys here, but listen, when they take out our center fielder, our gold glove center fielder with a hit like that, we got to show some teeth. Maybe, you know what, maybe give them a little something back. Show them we're coming and we ain't laying down. Great game. Vladdy's got to step it up. He's coming. Baseball's around numbers. It's coming back around. In the second half, you'll see it's coming. We got this. What are your thoughts on that, fellas? Thanks, Pedro. I appreciate it. Um, I love it. Yeah, listen, uh, Jordan Romano, we got to talk a little bit more about him tonight, Kevin, uh, because one of the talking points has been his reliance on the slider. And we've just talked about it. I, I think everybody is in agreement that if he can just – find a little more balance between a slider and fastball mm-hmm. usage over the Ain't course of the season. It, it, it'll be a better thing. Now, tonight, four fastballs out of seven pitches. Um, you know, and, and I mentioned that uh, 98 miles an hour, the last pitch of the night to put away Jose Abreu. Uh, Tucker, Kyle Tucker flies out on a slider. And... Uh, Alec Bregman uh, out on a on a fastball as well. I mean, I'm sorry, he started Alec Bregman with two fastballs and got him with the slider. Um, I don't know how many nights we're going to see that four fastballs out of seven pitches, but um, you know, I, I think one of the things you want to see with Jordan Romano is you'd like to see efficiency as well. This is what I liked about tonight. It was a quick quick three outs. Yeah, look, I I don't think he's gonna. You're you're gonna see fifty fifty. It's not gonna happen. He'll he'll if a guy can't hit a slider, he'll throw. You know, he'll throw enough sliders to him to let him get himself out or strike him out. I think it's maybe the days are over where you might see six, seven, eight, nine sliders in a row, which we have seen before, mm-hmm. right? I think they've yes. had enough conversations to say, "Hey, dude, you're elevated ninety eight. That's pretty good. You know, you can go away with ninety eight too. That ain't too bad either." Right, so try those two things again. You can throw whatever you want to throw because, look, he's a really good closer. Like I'm, it's very hard to argue what Jordan Romano does. Like it's, I'm, I mean, I I would love to see him throw the fastball more because a fastball with velocity that you can elevate and throw away for strikes is pretty hard to hit. And I think sometimes throwing the the slider just gives a hitter a chance. But who am I to say that? Like. 
Jordan Armada is one of the best closers in baseball. Period. End of story. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I'm with you. I'm. I'm with you on that. You know, we've had this discussion about is he a guy you count on in the postseason? Ooh. And uh, I mean, uh, you know, here's the thing: he has to be because I don't think I don't think if you're the Jays, you're going to go out and add a closer who's going to be better than him. I think Kevin Kevin's question and my question has always been the guys leading up to Jordan Romano, are they good enough to get you through? Are they good enough to get you through the postseason? And that's why I think we'll see, ultimately, we'll probably see the Jays uh, make a move to address the bullpen. But I think that's I, I think that's something every team's going to do at the trade deadline. Everybody's going to try to address the bullpen. Yeah, and in the playoffs, it's sort of that can you adjust on the fly, right? Everybody yeah. knows you might pitch to a hitter's weakness, but what if he goes up and knows that looking for a slider? You know, a good hitter who's looking for it has a better chance of hitting it hard. If he can read bats maybe quicker in those bigger-time games because of how hard he throws and sometimes how much the slider breaks, I think he'll be much better. But, again, it's hard to come on these shows and and talk bad about Jordan Mono because of the way he's been doing. And and the other thing, too, you've got to remember in the postseason, you you, you know, quite often you've got starters that are used in hybrid roles or starters who are put into the bullpen. Uh, during game, I mean, look look at the guys. Look at Nathan Uvalde. Look at the way he was used in the postseason. A lot of guys do that, right? They answer the bell. Clayton Kershaw has been used in relief, I believe. Once you get to the postseason, you say Kikuchi throwing ninety eight at left handed, not exactly. Once you get into the postseason, as our friend Alex Anthopoulos essentially said, you don't care if you shred arms. You want to win a ring. Ten four. You worry about that afterwards. Shane in Mississauga. Go ahead, Shane. Hey boys. How you doing tonight? I just want to double down on what a previous caller said. Love listening to you guys. I'm in my car trapped for work 24-7, so you guys on the radio all day long is amazing. Thank you. I just want to get both of your perspectives, somebody who's knowledgeable in baseball like you are, Barker, and also a former player. Uh, So let's get to the nitty-gritty. We can't have Manoa come back in the next month, two months, so we've got to figure out the number five spot. And I called in a few days ago and I suggested a couple of trades and everything. And you were kind of down on it. You know, you're saying that we're going to get pressured into giving up too much and so on and so forth. So I started thinking on who's actually available. And the one that comes to mind, and I know it's probably not the most favorite person for people, but I just want to win. What do you both feel about contacting Trevor Bauer and getting him to come pitch in the five spot for the Blue Jays for a little while. And, hey, if he doesn't work out, we got Ryu coming trade deadline. Maybe Manoa comes back after the trade deadline. But to do a bullpen day every five days for the next two months, we're not the Devil Rays. We're, we're or sorry, the, the Rays. We don't have that specialty. So I think we really have to consider somebody of his caliber coming in and taking, you know, seven starts, eight starts. And He's awful. You know that he is. He, he's not pitched well in Japan. No, I do know that, and I'm sure he that stinks. it's more of a culture shock for him as opposed to a skill set issue. Mm, yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, this organization, I don't think there's any organization in baseball that would ever take a chance on Trevor Bauer, given his track record. Uh, certainly, I think this organization right now is probably got enough to deal with uh, without bringing Trevor Bauer and, 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 and all that and all that baggage. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I would I would be stunned if anybody in the front office has even suggested that. And I know some people have said there is a Cleveland connection. Just true, there is in some ways a Cleveland connection. But man, oh man, that, that would I mean, I would I wouldn't want to see it if they if they were to do it. I'd light them up like a 
like a you-know-what. From stem to stern, I'd like this organization up. From stem to, stem to stern, if they did that, I really would. Um, they've got to be better than that. And beyond the fact that in, in addition to being a god-awful human being, he's just a god-awful pitcher, too. I mean, he, he really is. That's... Shane, thanks for the call. I mean, look, the the Jays, obviously, uh, they're going to be looking around. And, and um, Ross Atkins said today they're looking outside the organization. But, but Kevin, I, I just – I don't – part of the problem with, with trying to add another pitcher right now is – no one's going to do you any favors here, right? No one's going to uh, no one's going to do you any favors here. Um, organizations, other organizations are going to know that you're panicking. Other organizations are uh, look at you and see that you've dropped your your Cy Young, yeah. uh, you you've dropped your Cy Young finalist down. But um, yeah, there's no uh, I mean, there's no chance in hell that would happen. As I said, if there is, I'd tear them a new one, top to bottom. Yeah, I think you got. I think if the the four guys that are here now continue to do things that they've been doing, especially the first two guys up front, and obviously Barrios has turned the corner and, and starting to give them quality starts, and you know going a little bit deeper in games. I, I, I just look. I, I think we need to give the Alec Manoa thing a couple of weeks. See what that looks like, right? See see the conversation around him, and I'm not saying he'd be back in two weeks, but you know, maybe maybe it'll be a little quicker than everybody thinks. It's I'm not saying I'm not saying he's going to be back in you know in a, in a month or so, but it's it's just for, for the just the matter of fact of what they would have to give up, which is not a t- I mean they don't have a whole lot that to, to give yeah. up, and and what you would actually get for whatever you're trying to get in here, I mean, to get, I, it's it's hard, right? Yeah, I mean I think you're more likely to make a move to add another arm in the bullpen and then kind of backfill, uh, absolutely, and and then kind of kind of backfill that way, but. Um, yeah, it, look, uh, there's no doubt it's it's not a good situation where it's it is not. right now. There, it's not. There's no depth at AAA. We've seen that. Zero. Um, but I tend to think that the first option would be, as I said, to to backfill a little bit, maybe bring in some more bullpen arms, and then, you know, maybe look at the schedule. And, you know, I, I still think the big issue down the stretch is you're going to have to get off days for Gossman and Bassett, especially if they continue to log these innings. They're going to need off days down the stretch. That, that to me, is as big an issue right now as as uh, as finding finding the answer to Alec Manoa. And the other thing, if you're the Blue Jays as well, you're going to want to let this rest for a while before you go after anybody. You know, no you're going to you're, you're, you're going to want to you don't want to let everybody know that you think Alec Manoa is going to be away from the team for three months or something like that. You want to make them think that this is a temporary thing here and that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that you've got uh, that, that you've got the answers here. You've got to at least somehow turn this into a situation where if you're not not entirely dealing from a position of strength, at least you're not dealing from a position of total weakness. Sean and Mississauga, we're going to squeeze you in very quickly, my friend. Yeah, just a quick, uh, just a quick statement. Everybody was really worried when Jansen went down and Kirk is defensive catching, and you know he's not catching Manoa. Uh, he might not be the best option for Manoa. Well, you know they have a great winning streak now, and their pitcher, all their pitchers, starting pitchers are pitching at a high level, and he's caught about eighty percent of those games. So I'm pretty impressed with him, and I just hope they they stay with him even when Jansen does come back. And I think he deserves. He's not just an offensive player. I think he he brings stuff to the table defensively. That's all you got. Sean, 
Yeah, Sean, thanks for calling. That's a, that's a, that's a great point. Uh, the meltdown that some people expected has not happened. And yeah, melt, meltdown strong. Well, maybe yeah. meltdown, but the drop yeah, off, strong. the drop off, some people might have anticipated, uh, hasn't come about. I, I am going to say this though: when Danny Jansen comes back, I still got a spot for Tyler Heineman in my team. He's on yeah. my roster when Danny yeah, Jansen the, comes back. With the Kirky thing, it wasn't about putting the pushing the right buttons and setting up in the right lanes. It was about consistently getting playing time. It was catching day after day after day with the body type. Can he hold up? That was the what was the whole deal. And it seems like he can. Yep. That is it for us tonight. The Blue Jays, 3-2 winners over the Houston Astros. They have taken three of four from the Astros. Tomorrow night, the Minnesota Twins are in town for three games. 7.07 first pitch. Mr. Barker and myself will be back following tomorrow night's game. A reminder, you can hear Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet from 5 to 7 Eastern. We will be your pregame show leading up to every Blue Jays game. So, for all of us here, thank you for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. Did you know that vehicles rust faster in warmer weather? As the weather warms and we all get ready for summer, make sure your vehicle is protected from rust with Crown. Visit crown.com for your nearest location.